With less positive buzz than Civil War, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast every week on the Laser Time Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Henry Gilbert. That is H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. (laughs) Yeah. Love hearing that every week, guys. Thanks for joining us for our weekly uh, trip through the world of comic books, graphic novels, and the movie and TV based upon them. I'm here with Chris Antista. Hi, 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 hi. I was looking at Twitter. Yes. I rarely do that. Yeah, you never do that. Dave looks at Twitter more, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I do. The walking Dave. Uh, I won't be walking for a while. What? I've been in a car accident. No, uh, well, no, the show's done. Uh, that probably, was hilarious. Now we have Fear the Walking Dead, which I don't oh, care about. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and, uh, so you'll just not watch stuff. What do you think of that rumor that some people think they cracked the code of whose head is going to be cracked? I mean, it sounds right. Because now the but thing that would... But guys, they wouldn't get rid of that guy. They would. I mean, really? But Fear the Walking Dead is... Has like universally reviled? Is that what's happening? No, it's just... It's They're a, on a boat now, right? I don't know. I stopped after the first episode. But I'm, maybe it is good. I just don't have time for a second zombie show. And I'm, I don't really like the first zombie show that much. <laughs> Barely yeah, like that. I, be, I, be, yeah. I believe like the rumors and like the they like slowed down footage of the Walking Dead finale. Uh-huh. Just because Ooh. now the swervy thing to do in the Walking Dead would to do what actually happened in the Walking Dead comic. Would be to kill Glenn, yeah. yeah. That, the spoilers are off on that. That was like yeah. f- four years ago, guys. Yeah. You know, speaking of spoilers and casting stuff, that reminds me of how I saw that somebody in an interview asked the guy who has just been cast in Iron Fist, like, how can you do Iron Fist and the Defenders, but also be a regular on Game of Thrones? And he said, I, oh, I can do it. He just fly over to New Zealand and but do who it. Who is he like, in Game of Thrones? Uh, the, ga- the gay dude who got mm. put in a dungeon. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the flower dude, whatever. Uh, well, he's dead. No, he's not dead. His character isn't dead yet on the show, but he's saying, like, oh, I have time to appear on both of them. Most people are saying, like, no, you don't. You've been mm-hmm. killed. You're able to sign this I deal do. because they killed you All on the I show. All I know from the books I've read, Blur push glasses up, uh, uh-huh. that he, he does not make a triumphant comeback uh, anytime. But, I, again, this is that's what's exciting about Game of Thrones. Now I don't know where the show is going anymore. La- last he was seen, he was put in a dungeon yeah. at the end of Season 5. But yeah. So, anyway... Enough of that. Let's get into this. There's a ton of news to talk about. So much of it happened before the Thursday posting this week. It's incredible uh, uh, that we've got a ton to talk about, including new trailers for Doctor Strange and Suicide Squad, the name of the new Spider-Man film, and the early positive buzz of Civil War, plus tons more stuff. But first, why don't we get into the Superhero Spotlight? Hero. This week we are going to be doing Green Arrow, the star of the Arrow series, who has had a longer life than a lot of people realize, I think, including me, until I did this research here. So, we've got Oliver Queen, mm-hmm. the the Emerald Archer, as they call him, and he first appeared in More Fun Comics number 73, <laughs> which, that's the, that's the naming convention of things back in November 1941. You really got to run out. fun comics are <laughs> yeah. fun, you should try more fun comics. Yeah. And that it was one month before the premiere of Wonder Woman. So he's one wow. month older than her. And this is this was the Earth 2 Green Arrow, as it would come to be known, where he had green outfit with red gloves and red shoes and his dumb hat that he always has with his, his classic Robin of Loxley hat. Santa's little helper out there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. He was created by Mort Weisinger. Sorry. He was created by Mort Weisinger and George Papp. Those are both ancient names. Yes. And, George and, Papp. 
Nobody's Combined together, we make Mort Pap, a name that hasn't existed for a hundred years. <laughs> I got this idea. Give it to Mort. He'll Mort, do Mort it great. Uh, and from his first appearance, he already had Speedy, his sidekick, too. So that was all there from the beginning. And what year was it? I'm sorry. What? November 1941. 1941. Okay. Uh, so Star Wars was already a thing with Batman at that point. Yeah, Batman and Superman a couple years old. He was, he was part of the rollout of more superheroes, Green Lantern, Flash, the, all of the All-Star Squadron, those characters. And... From the beginning, there was the origin that's pretty much stuck, uh, which is a rich dude gets lost on an island for a good amount of time and learns that he is awesome at arrows. Like, he is amazing at shooting arrows. What was that? There was a a retelling I read from, like, ten years ago that DC made, and it was was excellent. It was a year one-ish type thing, which kept in the I got lost on an island, same deal on the CW. I don't know if that was always a story. Uh, Pretty much, yeah. And uh, that's what it was on the CW show as well. Ah. Now, from his first appearance in 41 up until 28 years later... Oliver Queen was a Batman clone, except he shot dumb arrows. That was his thing. And when I say Batman clone, he was a rich guy with no superpowers who had a kid sidekick and had an arrow car, an arrow plane, get it, and an arrow cave. He had his own cave. Like... At least have a tree house or something. should have called it the, the, like, the, the quiver, the underground quiver. I don't know. I, and and also, he was never popular enough to, like, he was kind of a side dude to the Justice League mm-hmm. and Justice Society. He, uh, he wasn't a founding member. And he never even had his own solo book for a very long time. He mostly appeared in backup books in adventure comics with Superboy. He did survive the cancellation of a bunch of other comics because Mort Weisinger had a soft spot for him and had an executive or a managerial position at DC at the time so he could keep that book going but he was not a popular character like not not on the level of even Green Lantern and Flash, let alone Superman and Batman. He was... Green Arrow was Had nothing. they already done every color by then? Like, the fact that, like, so close Just green to, again. Yeah, <laughs> like, could, why couldn't he be the Red Arrow? Or uh, Well, uh, there would the be a Red Arrow, arrow later, yeah. but yeah, I I don't know. Just Weird. green. Green was what they stuck with. And yeah, he has pretty much an unexciting history until 1969. Just a bunch of boring fights with other dudes with arrows. But in the late... <laughs> 60s, two people came into his life that made him a lot of hay bale based enemies. (laughs) (laughs) He he became a star thanks to a redesign by Neil Adams, who was the hottest artist in comics in the late 60s. He drew characters with a fluidity and an action that nobody drew back then. Like, he's when you think of a classic blue cowled, gray caped Batman, like in his pose, like bending forward and stuff. That's Neil Adams. And he did the same for Green Arrow. And he did this whole redesign for him in Justice League. Then the writer of Justice League, Denny O'Neill, was so excited by that redesign, he came up with a whole idea for a solo Green Arrow book. But he couldn't get a solo Green Arrow book, so it had to become a team-up book with the Green Lantern. Why would they team up? Uh, they have green in their name. Cause it's just because Green Arrow has no yellow in his costume? So in the, yeah. But his hair! Uh, well, and they are weird friends because they have different political views. So this was in 1969. Po- political things were in upheaval. Things were going crazy. It was a very progr- progressive. Hippies were putting flower petals inside gun barrels. <laughs> Awful. And, and so Denny O'Neill had the idea of, like, have Ollie Queen lose all his money and become a bleeding heart liberal who takes to the streets and tells people like, hey, you're being mean to black people. 
yeah, hey, this slumlord needs to go away. Like, taxes are too high. Like, that was his thing. Yeah, being very groovy. And I he, don't have the mojo for <laughs> racism. <laughs> the, the comics, they were way ahead of their time then. Like, they were more... Nothing in DC was like that. It was known as the very staid thing. As I mentioned on the Black Panther mm-hmm. Superhero Spotlight, they didn't have a black comic book mm-hmm. superhero until 71. Like, wow. they were not... DC was not the progressive company. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so Green Arrow, Green Lantern, was way different than that. They became the hard-traveling heroes who went around America fixing crimes and right and wrongs. <laughs> and it was very ahead of its time then, but unfortunately... it has not aged well it's just a bunch of like liberal sermonizing and just like green lantern comes off so bad in it because arrow is just telling him like ah tell him to stick it man i know what's really going on and green lantern's like i just i don't know and then there's a famous scene that now just seems kind of corny where they're on the streets uh fixing something and then this old black man comes up to green lantern says i read all these stories about you helping the purple skins and blue skins but what do you do for us brown skins and then green lantern just like i i don't know i <laughs> don't trust anybody over 35 issues <laughs> so yeah it became green lantern green arrow was the book's name so arrow didn't even get top billing on even though he was the narrative thrust of the book yeah. he was the star and the guy denny o'neill clearly identified I mean, with an arrow is cooler than a lantern uh, and it was also in this where Green Arrow's sidekick Speedy began his very troubled career. It was one of these cover things where, my sidekick's a junkie? <laughs> and yes, Speedy is uh, addicted to heroin. And uh, this is also... Oh, the, it happened so fast, Arrow. <laughs> and this is also when Black Canary becomes his girlfriend at the same time. They had not been dating until that point. Is and that so, why Anne Lewis likes both of them so much? Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they are one of the power couples of comic books, mm-hmm. Black Canary and Green Arrow. Uh, they're riding around on a, on a Harley together all across America, right and wrongs. And uh, yeah, this was also when they introduced the thing that him and Hawkman don't see eye to eye because... Hawk man is a bit of a hawk when it comes to war and uh, conservatism. Though they later retcon that to be more of like, oh, there he's also a dude who has lived eight thousand lifetimes, yeah. and so he's your death is he, meaningless to him. Yeah, and how can he not be, you know, old fashioned when he is a thousand years old? Unfortunately, the series didn't sell all that well, so it, it is very well remembered by fans of the time and comic creators. But Green Lantern, Green Arrow got canceled, and then. Until the 80s, until the mid-80s then, for over a decade, he was just a backup guy in other books. Like, oh, it's Action Comics, eight pages of Green Arrow. Like, it's just, he was not important and not not well-liked. Though he kept his, he's kept it since then being the super liberal issues guy. Like, he gets to be the guy who, when they don't want to make a political statement, like, well, Batman can't say this, Superman can't say this. But Green Arrow can say it because Green that's Arrow will have thing. a stance on abortion. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they took that to its extreme post-crisis. So when Crisis on Infinite Earths happened, he was kind of unaffected to a degree. Like, he's barely a point in the book. His character, Earth 2 Green Arrow, just gets wiped out of existence. They don't make up a Green Arrow that existed in World War Two. And then meanwhile, Arrow just gets, like, shuffled to a corner and doesn't really exist in the DC universe for another like eight years for the 80s he's in a series uh, by Mike Grell that is a mature reader series it is a 
the best comparison I made is to the Bendis Daredevil run, where it's like, technically Daredevil is in Marvel, and he could meet Spider-Man if he wanted to, but he's not going to. Mm. And, like, super people aren't going to be showing up. And it is like a harsh series. Black Canary gets tortured. Green Arrow himself gets, like, raped by an assassin. It's, It's heavy, man. And this was some heavy shit going on, and it also made him not part of a lot of stuff. Like, it confused me when I started buying DC Comics in the early 90s. He wasn't in anything, because he... DC wanted to keep him in that corner so kids wouldn't read Arrow books. If he appeared in Justice League, then kids might be interested in reading his his mature reader Arrow series. But that changed when Mike Grell left the series in early 90s. In 1993, Arrow made his official return to the DC Universe at the worst possible time. As you'll recall from the Death of Superman comic, remember when they destroyed Coast City and Green Lantern starts going crazy? I've heard of this. That's when Green Arrow comes back and tries to write his mind, but it doesn't work. Right as Hal Hal Jordan becomes Parallax and starts Zero Hour to try to reset time, Mm -hmm. that's when Ollie is back in continuity and betrays Hal and shoots him in the chest to buy enough time. It doesn't kill him, but it was the end of their friendship for a time. Though then they kind of just brought back Green Arrow so he could die. Because again, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, Green Lantern, every Flash, though that was before before the 90s, they all get replaced by younger versions in the 90s. And it happens to Holly Queen too. Turns out he has a son he didn't know about with with an Asian woman named Connor Hawk. So he's a uh, pan-Asian kid. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't you know it, just right (laughs) around when they introduced Connor Hawk, Oliver Queen explodes in a terrorist plane crash. And he he is gone. He is dead for seven years. Connor Hawk is the new Green Arrow. He's not as popular. Certainly not as popular. And he's also... They kind of give him, like... I guess you'd call it Orientalism. But just this kind of, like, Tao feeling of... Uh, what happens, happens. I'm not hot-blooded like my dad. And so he's dead until 2000. He gets resurrected by Hal Jordan. Brings him back. And... It was all to set up for Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith did Daredevil, and he told DC, I would love to do a Green Arrow book. I've got a great idea to bring it back. DC told him, you have to finish every script first before we (laughs) even start publishing it, because Daredevil had been hit with massive delays because Kevin Smith has a day job called movies. Like, he can't write comics all day. When it finally came out in 2001, it was very well received. Like, Ollie Queen was back. He got his memories back too but they didn't get rid of connor hawk either they kind of worked together though he also got a new speedy as well and it put him back in star city the city he protects and uh, it it brought back the lighthearted vibe while still also having the kind of dirtiness that yeah. and and grittiness you expect from a kevin smith thing imagining speedy and green arrow is jane silent bob right now <laughs> <laughs> they did i do recall they at least did a funny joke where they where speedy knows he's oliver queen because she says Look at your mustache. Like, <laughs> look at your your goatee and mustache. You're the only person you could be. It's so specific. But I wore my Hamburglar goggles. <laughs> <laughs> I know, a domino mask with all that. It doesn't make sense. Is that sense. what it's called, the domino mask? Yeah, a domino wow. mask. Yeah, I think I learned that from Watchmen, I think. Much like the one that Green Hornet wears, too. Mm-hmm. 
That's true. And then also in also in like the 30s, 40s. With, is it a radioactive thing? And also, thing? I think at DC, right? I mean, green no. is an exciting no, no. thing. Now I can't think of a guy named yeah. Green whatever at DC off the top of my head. Oh, something else I didn't mention that the Green Arrow was famous for having silly arrows. Like, you think Bat Shark repellent is silly. He had a boxing glove arrow. He had handcuffs arrows. Mm-hmm. And... I like when they bring him back sometimes. They're like, ah, come on, a po- boxing glove arrow. Who cares? Because uh, he, he, this whole time he's not really killing people. Well, in the Mike Grell books yes, in the 80s, yes. he did kill people. Mm. Like, that's the thing, too, where him being a murderer isn't so bad. It's like a like, 1940s the, Punisher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he crossed that line a long time ago. Like, yeah, when you have arrows that just have a point at the end of them i mean you can shoot to wound but that's gonna hurt man yeah. it's harsh mm-hmm. shit it's also gonna weigh down your flight path i think it's gonna <laughs> affect your accuracy even if it's got a beanbag at the end of it and then in uh, 2006 ollie returned the favor to hal by resurrecting hal hal resurrected him so he may as well bring him back to life and then he also led a team called the justice league elite where was a team that did the black ops missions that were too dirty for batman and superman uh, and then also he got rich again and became the mayor of Star City. And Star City basically became like um, post-Katrina, Louisiana. Uh, then he also married Black Canary. And then he was killed, but it turned out it was a double who was marrying her. And then they found the real Oliver Queen, and then they actually got married. But then a big turn happened where his old sidekick, Roy Harper, formerly Speedy, formerly Arsenal, formerly Red Arrow... <laughs> His daughter got killed by this supervillain called Prometheus. And Green Arrow decided, you know what? Fuck this. I'm killing you. And he shot him in the face in this story called Cry for Justice. And he simply kills him. When they find out he killed Prometheus, he is tried, but but he's like found not guilty. But Black Canary shuns him anyway and like gives him back his wedding ring. Like, yeah, we're not married anymore. But then comes the New 52 reboot, which made him a rich guy again. Uh, but it wasn't very popular, and so, like, about a dozen-ish issues in, Jeff Meyer takes over, who's a very great writer, and he literally blows up the status quo, kills off most of the supporting cast. He's like, nah, he's not rich, he doesn't have this stuff, I'm gonna make him more like he is on the TV show. And that got him closer to what is on his CW series, which is also the kind of the inspiration for his new series that's starting post-Rebirth. Now, when it comes to his appearance outside of stuff, Green Arrow sometimes appears in video games. Not all that much. Mm. He only was in one episode of Super Friends. Uh, then he appeared on Justice League Unlimited. He had a really cool first episode where he joined the team and was like, I don't know if I want to join this team. Yeah. You guys are... You guys have too much power and then he sees black canary and gives like a wolf <laughs> whistle it's like yeah i think i could get used to this <laughs> he wasn't that justice league fighting game right he was an injustice he was an injustice yeah oh, okay. do you mean justice league task force he yeah. was also in that yeah yeah i think i because i just remember playing that i'm like who's this robin hood looking mofo i, I know it's i don't it's, like him <laughs> it's so silly that in the mid 90s he was not as popular as green lantern but i bet i wonder if the developers of blizzard just said drawing arrows is way easier yeah. than drawing a guy who can make anything <laughs> with a ring yeah when it came to live action, he was on the Smallville series, and he was the most, like, on Smallville, a show about how Superman is never Superman, he was full-on Green Arrow. He's just like, I'm a guy called Green Arrow in a big green suit, and I shoot arrows at people. Uh, I'm what defines superheroes until you <laughs> yes. finally take flight. And then when Smallville ended, they then started the series Arrow in 2012, which almost, at the time, felt like, 
oh, you lost Smallville, but you wanted to do an Arrow spinoff, but you have to just start a new universe. Yeah. So they, I just assumed it was... Uh, with all, the, I'm sure DC, I, I mean to give DC credit that they're paying attention to all their properties, but it's yeah. like Arrow seems like the one you can get through those processes the fastest. Nobody cares as much. There's yeah, probably there's... not as many lawyers looking over Arrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's probably fewer executives whose job is, hey, what's going on with Arrow? And with... as a result, look how it came out. Yeah. yeah, and so that started the Stephen Amell Arrow show in 2012 where it kind of... In that, he was back to being a Batman clone, which mm-hmm. is, was kind of okay because there would never be a Batman live-action TV series again. Mm. So, fuck it. Let him be a Batman clone, except one who kills people. And he does kill people early on. I haven't watched much of the early seasons because I heard it just it gets better once Flash shows up. Mm. And they decide, no, we're full on a, co- we're, <laughs> we're full on a, a superhero universe. Mm. He only recently added green to his outfit because I think wow. they were afraid to call him green arrow like he was just arrow for a very long time on the show the logo was green but he even fought batman villains like deathstroke uh, they teased harley quinn he actually fought the suicide squad before they got to be in a movie oh and rachel ghoul and it, not just rachel ghoul but the entire league of assassins he gets all of those dudes on the show on the show wow uh, and also i found out there was a a planned green arrow movie in 2008 by david goyer the guy who writes poorly a bunch of dc movies but it was going to be called escape from supermax where (laughs) he goes to jail like green arrow gets caught and is put in jail with a bunch of supervillains and has to fight them in jail Mm -hmm. that sounds like a cool idea i kind of wish when it seemed like there wasn't going to be a dc Mm -hmm. cinematic universe Mm -hmm. i was just like yeah fuck it make a live action green arrow in jail movie like just do something Mm -hmm. that isn't just batman Ah, but anyway, that brings us to today. The Arrowverse is in full effect. It's probably never been more healthy. I'd say, yeah, Green Arrow has never been more popular, mm-hmm. though. You know, I, as a bleeding heart liberal, I wish Stephen Amell would talk more about, you know, like uh, how he's how he's feeling the burn and how how Hillary <laughs> is just a sellout. I wish he was doing stuff like that. Yeah, he's, well, he's more preoccupied with beating Stardust. In <laughs> WWE. That's right. Yeah, Stephen Amell, they famously came, yeah. a WWE. They it's came so close to like. I think it's also because you mentioned before that they don't care enough about this trademark. Where it's like mm-hmm. he was. They almost got to say like Arrow versus Stardust, yeah. but like they, they were yeah. they were very close. Yeah. They did I'm not. Surprised get DC it. didn't get on board with that yeah, like entirely. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it was, they just saw it as like, all right, if this is what you want to do in your summer vacation, Amell, yeah. then do maybe, it. Maybe to them, like like. The WWE is, is like a junior amateur league. Yeah. They're all <laughs> attempting to be superheroes yeah. and proclaiming they have powers. <laughs> uh, all right, so that is our superhero spotlight. Collect your hero. Okay, let's dive into the news. We have got a lot Ooh-hoo. to talk about. Some trailer, a lot of trailer reactions to talk about. I mean, let's talk about the most recent one, Doctor Strange, yeah. the teaser trailer. Yeah. Tease is uh, tease for sure there. Like, yeah. Didn't like, get to see him weird. in costume. You, they've, I've seen his costume fucking everywhere. Yeah, yeah. everybody photographed it on the street <laughs> yeah. in public. Yeah, so like, it I've seen great. it already, Like, I, just to not include it in the trailer at all. Yeah, though that trailer showed you, like, it is his origin. Like, yeah. it is his Ditko origin was... of a, a drunk, a drunk uh, surgeon fucks up his hands and goes to Tibet to fix it. Oh, no, man, no, can't wait to see Benedict Cumberbatch drunk. Uh, oh bother! His, his, his accent is Had super much weird. Yeah, I heard people comparing it to the the house uh, accent, the uh, the, the oh, uh, Hugh Laurie. Hugh, Hugh Laurie. Laurie. Yeah, but I also some people were a little annoyed to see that uh, 
the ancient one, uh, which is supposed to be a thousand years old Tibetan master, is being played by uh, Tilda Swinton. Oh, there, really oh, people Just I, there are people in our comments for the for really? the trailer post who are like, they didn't like it. They they thought. I've seen some people saying, like, it is a stereotype, the ancient one, yeah. but to then take a job away from an Asian actor is like, uh, uh, I tell you I what. I get that, but... Go you know, watch Snowpiercer, yeah. uh. and then imagine <laughs> Tilda Swinton was in everything, and how much better the world would be. I mean, Tilda Swinton is a pan-gender person. She could yeah. be anything. Yeah. But, uh, she is like uh, Conan O'Brien most of the time. Well, how come <laughs> she wasn't in um, the Wachowski more... movie where everyone is Asian? She was too famous uh, to be Cloud in Atlas. Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas. Yeah. She was uh. too famous. They're probably busy. Uh, I bet they're friends. I like her. Tom Hanks. Forgot no. it on the tree. <laughs> uh, Tom Hanks. Got I time on his hands. I can't understand that guy. But anyway, but the, the trailer. The, the trailer had astral fucking projection yeah. in it. Seeing that, I was like. That is key. It's all these key things to what makes Stephen Strange cool to me. But how do you sell that in a billion dollar movie? It's, you make the tra- like as a bunch of people pointed out. You make this trailer very Inception-y. But yeah, like, was, as we yeah. talk about like ha- like the Marvel universe not really having any distinct visual style mm-hmm. at all. It, it did. It is nice to see them go for a different vibe in yeah. a movie for once. Well, I mean, when you look at old Doctor Strange books, yeah. like the original ones. Yeah. There just seemed to be, it shocked people they weren't drawn by a guy on LSD because it was just like all these Escher-esque drawings of like, I'm in another universe, I'm walking on the ceiling, there's curves to nowhere. His feet are always off the ground and the background is the color color of your favorite popsicle. I know. Like every point, that's... uh. But that's what's great about the trailer. It, it makes me like feel a little a little bad for like DC. Just looking <laughs> at the reaction, just because DC is in, in in the process of launching its most recognizable heroes, mm-hmm. and Marvel is getting to Doctor Strange. I know, yeah. And, and I'm only th- I only think of that because this this Marvel Cinematic Universe has to like fall out sometime. The wave has to crest. It it has to. It has to die down. And I don't, I'm not a want it to be Doctor Strange, but it'd be it'd be like that's just we so said weird. Ant Man like, would be the one, and it wasn't. That's, yeah. that's how explored the Marvel universe is in terms of characters to mine for cinematic yeah. properties. That's come to Strange, but, but they are doing it. They're doing it smartly. Where like you can have, you know, mm-hmm. you can make Thor and you can make Captain America. Totally. Like you, those actors can be like random hunks at the time. Like they're just right regular dudes that you probably wouldn't have remembered from anything before, but. Benedict Cumberbatch and Paul Rudd, like I recognize them from other movies, and and I, I find them pleasant, and I want to see them in a movie. So I, I hope you, you know, I hope that Stephen Strange, keep, or I hope that Benedict Cumberbatch keeps his Ichabod Crane like body, and like mm-hmm. if he he's the one I don't want to see, and like, well, here's my shirt off scene. It's <laughs> it's required now. I I don't I want him to say skinny. Like don't get don't get in even like Paul Rudd awesome shit. I'm just glad we got some Cumberbatch in there. This nope. is, this is just real exciting. Yeah. I, I I really I I don't know. The trailer didn't show you much of anything. No, to get but super I mean you get to over. see the uh the, the it was in the early I saw it earlier in the day from their first poster, but his window of yeah, yeah, yeah. Sanctum Sanctorum yeah. like perfect perfect ah uh, it I couldn't believe they would have gotten it that correct. I do like uh, someone on the Laser Time Facebook. Yeah, uh, they posted uh, his last the three last major three... movie posters with Benedict Cumberbatch. He is far away <laughs> and facing away. He's facing away from the camp. Too ugly to be on yeah. a, yeah, on a poster, that, apparently. Does that mean executives just like, look at that oh. ugly British face. We ain't going to sell he, tickets He made the that. joke the himself that like, he's constantly cast as villains because he his name and his look 
suggest inbreeding and aristocracy. Yeah. <laughs> and Benedict Cumberbatch. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you slap my face, it'll break in two. He looks like, yeah, it looks like you could slap him. He just responded with, quite. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talk about DC getting overshadowed. I mean, their Suicide Squad trailer this weekend was good. Yeah, really excited uh, about MTV. Suicide Squad. It was nice I want to cut together a new trailer and just be honest this time it's just going to be the Wayne's World theme song <laughs> party time excellent so this one was what Ballroom uh, Blitz it was Ballroom Bl- yeah. Blitz yeah the next trailer will have the shitty Beatles in it I know it I know it I know it I uh, and it also well this trailer did have uh, Margot Robbie in her underpants mm-hmm. which uh, I'm sure excited you boys but I, yeah. that's the only part I've seen I think that look I'm cool with Harley is a sexual being mm-hmm. like she being sexy is Mm. kind of one of her things and if she owns it it's cool I'm not I did for a moment as an SJW it reminded me of that stupid moment in the Star Trek Into Darkness trailer where they're just like here's her in her underwear well why (laughs) and in the movie it makes even less sense like but she's never not been sexualized and and she's the only cinematic character we're talking about that was born within our lifetime wow Wow. Yeah. yeah that is true uh, no, I I thought it looked good. I liked even seeing that Will Smith got to do some more stuff other than just be like, I miss my son. Yeah, I really get the <laughs> feeling they're going to kill his ass. Yeah, uh, yeah he's too expensive pricey. to sign on for more than one yeah. film. Jaden's going to be the uh, the new one. But then again, Oof. he's at such a low level right now. I bet they could sign him on mm-hmm. for at least one sequel. Uh, yeah, I like the trailer. I, uh, I even like seeing more of Damage Joker. You know, I I want to really hate that guy. Yeah. But I'm up for a film about bad guys trying to act good than good guys trying to act bad. Yeah. Boo. I have been reading more about what Jared Leto is doing for, like, uh, Ugh, method acting. Like, pretentious sending bullshit, used man. condoms and shit. Like, <laughs> I am the Joker. Like, actually, I'm a millionaire. You know, just, uh, just use heroin like... Uh, <laughs> I have a, I have an Oscar. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> uh, Batman versus Superman could be less profitable than Man of Steel, according to Bloomberg, the uh, economic uh, not the guy. Newspaper. Yeah, I don't. I don't want anybody yelling at it. Someone just on Twitter today is like, "I wrote something about Man of Steel to explain." Like, I, it's okay for you to like it. I really don't. And I, yeah. I even like have started like the pains away, and I'm reading those articles. This is why Batman versus Superman is better than you think. I'm like. It is not like this yeah. article is wrong. You're it does... seeing a film. Uh, my feeling on multiple of those is like, but we should you watch a film. I, you watched a film I didn't write because I, I didn't see. Yeah, yeah, and like you take the, the the way I see people like it, like that requires so many leaps of logic, and at the base of it, you have to dislike or hate Superman. Yeah, and it's, it's a fine Batman film. Apparently that. I don't know why that was just confirmed. I think we just live in a. I mean, of... it gets confirmed eight times a week. Yeah, it feels like, like the, but, the CEO you know. said it out loud. Ben and Affleck like, will be in a solo Batman film. Yeah, but we knew we, Ben Affleck's been writing the Batman film and signed on to direct it for like months. Yeah, so and good. Get him out of like. I love that it feels like he just kicks Zack Snyder out of the room. Like, get the fuck out of here! I cannot Affleck. believe like we. Oh, thank God, Ben Affleck is here to save this, save the I Batman know. movie. Well, and yeah, the the math they were doing about it being less profitable than Man of Steel is like Man of Steel made less money than Batman vs Superman. Batman vs Superman will likely. Uh, get to eight hundred million though. I'll tell you what, a Marvel movie probably wouldn't be beat by a Melissa McCarthy film <laughs> in its second weekend. I'll oh, tell it, you that. Did that beat yeah. it? Well, in its third week, it got beat by The Boss. Yep. Yeah, which did not have good reviews. Like, but anyway, 
Batman vs Superman is at eight hundred million, which is more than Man of Steel made, but Man of Steel cost of like half of what yeah. BVS cost, and so they think Batman vs Superman will end up making like two hundred seventy profit, two hundred seventy million profit versus the three hundred million profit Man of Steel made. Hundred million dollar profit. Then. Though it Jesus. is sad to hear, like for Warner, they're like only three hundred million. Why the fuck do we even make this? <laughs> yeah, I mean that, that's the same attitude that got Sony to team with Marvel. Like yeah. it, it, it made five hundred million dollars. Like it wasn't enough. Yeah. Speaking was... of which, Spider Man Homecoming. Oh yeah, what the, is and that's the why all this it. came out. What the fuck is CinemaCon? I, it's I've never heard of it. It's like a movie. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was a private thing just for. I maybe it's like E three or a more private E three, but, but for good cinema. Yeah, I want that. Chains. Uh, but yeah, I think they realized. I feel like they've had things leak out of CinemaCon in years past. So this time they're they just announced like, another. Eh, fuck it. Here's the Sony logo. Sony has two Marvel properties to yeah. announce. What was their other one? MIB. Oh yes, MIB twenty three on Jump Street. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'll be cool. Uh, it's pretty great. Uh, did they say they'll get Will back? Uh, I can't imagine. Uh, they got to take this to the Willennium. I, I think that's because they wanted to make. Three for years because, like, I don't know. In, on, in all yeah. honesty, those movies are fucking great. Was Even that the one of the? One. That wasn't one of the things in the credits for uh, for Twenty Two Jump Street where they have all the sequels. You know, I don't think it was. Yeah. Uh, it was. But yeah, I they make a Man in Black film every decade. That's mm-hmm. that's how it goes. Uh, but not initially, but yeah, Spider Man Homecoming. Homecoming. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the Spider Man typeface. I have to say, I've seen better Spider Man typefaces sure. than that one. I th- and I blame Sony. They get the logo wrong every time. Like, mm-hmm. just take what's on the comic book cover. God damn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like that the O in Homecoming is the Spider-Man circular. Yeah, just, but at least just from the logo alone, like, well, this suggests something more fun, more fun, uh, all in high yeah. school, and it's and again, I think, yeah, I, I it just made me reflect on how shitty the Andrew Garfield Peter Parker was. He was just like a cool guy with a vintage camera who <laughs> skateboards. Like that's not Peter Parker. There's nothing better than like knowing you're right than an entire studio giving up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just saying like this billion dollars wasn't enough. <laughs> Uh, and the, the rumors are that Vulture is going to be the villain in it, and that uh, Michael Keaton may be taking a prominent villainous role. Spiderman, who would that be? Uh, some people think Norman Osborn. I could, that's perfect. <laughs> Throw yeah. some orange cornrows in there. Yeah, though then again, I mean, he just played Birdman, so yeah. why not Vulture? The early press on Civil War is pretty good in comparison to Batman vs. Superman, which hid the film from critics until the three days before the film's release. We are weeks away from Civil War, and the reviews are already out, all very positive. It's like, possible to like Batman versus Superman, as yes. long as you love Batman and Superman. Mm. If you like movies, you don't like it, <laughs> and that's why the critics... Rev- yes. and that's that's why I hate it. Uh, but the critics, like, the lines I was ra- reading in multiple ones was, the perfect Spider-Man. I was like, fuck, I... Yeah. I maybe should fly to Japan or London a week early just to, to see it when it's out in those territories instead. You can expense that from your own money. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, you're not going to give me the. You're not going to give you me. Write it off at the end of the year. Uh, <laughs> uh, in the world of comic book news, real quick, Gerald Way of My Chemical Romance has started. He's going to start his own DC imprint called Young Animal weird why yeah. he's not young anymore though no he's not <laughs> and when i said when i remembered oh yeah my comical romance that was a thing like a decade ago right but he so long and good night i mean chris That's you maybe read his comic he wrote umbrella academy he he, ha- he is a comic book fan gerald way no. and so he went to dc and said 
I want to make a bunch of comics that are like the weird DC books from the 80s and 90s I read, like by Grant Morrison and Peter Milligan. So they're calling it like a like a pop-up imprint, like a pop-up shop of just... He's putting out, uh, including like Doom Patrol and Shade. Like I mean, that's those are exactly how DC is treating its main books anyway. Like, yeah. If this doesn't work. It's canceled in twelve issues. Yeah. So why well, not do it, get, do it with weird stuff? Yeah. Find this weirdo who can add his juice to it. Uh, and lastly, Betty and Veronica's reboot—they're finally getting the third new Archie book, uh, and it's going to be drawn by Adam Hughes, who's an amazing artist. I'm shocked they got him, and it's got to be cost of money. Coming out in July, the same uh, month as Comic Con, which is when they like to launch those things. And uh, it's something I have been noticing with Archie that I think their dollars are stretching thin. I think they—they they were used to being a company that didn't need to spend big money on talent. And then when they wanted the talent to relaunch Archie, they realized that costs a lot of money. Same with Jughead. And so, like, Afterlife with Archie was successful, as was their Sabrina book. But those have been on hold for close to a year because I don't think they can afford to pay for them to exist. I have have noticed Jughead's burgers have been getting smaller. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, I hope it's been working out for them. I've been loving the stuff they're making. Archie and Jughead have been great. I'm really looking forward to this Betty and Veronica book. But uh, I don't know, guys. Buy your Archie comics through the Amazon links to, to help them out. All right. That just made it sound so irrelevant. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> All right. Anyway, that's it. That's your family circus, your cracked magazines. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we've got the Ask Hank segment and your answers to last week's question of the week. Are you already tired of 2016? Jump into the past with 302010, our weekly pop culture time machine podcast. Here's something you may remember from 1996. In case you don't know what Kindred the Embraced is, it's based on the uh, White Wolf tabletop RPG series Vampire the Masquerade. Oh. Can you table- hold these books so I can knock them on the ground? <laughs> is tabletop RPGs <laughs> too far for no, you No, ta- no, no. One of my no, friends I, played this stuff. No, I did, I yeah. did find it impenetrable. It's, I mean, I was well, D&D. It's fine. They made Vampire the Masquerade, Werewolf the Apocalypse, Mage the Awakening. <laughs> this uh, is... Can you say this like Troy McClure, please? <laughs> <laughs> these are just random words and a- adjectives. Were- werewolf the Apocalypse. Zombie well, the Simmering. Well, no, they were... They were Frankenstein the Lombard. <laughs> All right, but fine. Enough about Kindred. I never get to make fun of anybody for being a nerd. If you could see the room we're in right now, <laughs> there is an a alphabetized Disney shelf right behind me. Uh, well, yeah, did your did your hubby play these games? Uh, like he that? did actually, and my my boyfriend at the time did. I went to one party. Ooh, they were doesn't playing have that. a type. She does have a type. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> That's 302010, a weekly look at what happened in pop culture 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago, every Thursday right here on the Laser Time Network.
and welcome to the break for this week's episode. I thank you as always for giving this a listen, whether it's on iTunes or whatever, though if you're not a subscriber yet on iTunes, please do that. It really helps us out. Just like how it helps us out if you subscribe to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash network, or like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. There's a lot of ways to help us, though obviously the most beneficial way to us directly is if you go to patreon.com slash time. If you give there even $5 a month, it really helps us out. Every extra bit helps, and if you could become a member, we'd really appreciate that. Also, if you'd like to help us just by buying things on Amazon, you can do that too. Go to lasertimepodcast.com, and on the right side of the screen, you'll see a bunch of links to stuff. You don't have to buy what we suggest, but buy anything on Amazon through those links, and a little bit of money gets kicked back our way, and that includes the links to comics that are on the episode page, including this week's episode page, again, on lasertimepodcast.com. And now it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. I am holding in my hand right now the just published in collected form Paper Girls from Image. Do you like Saga by Brian K. Vaughn? Do you like to see what he could do with a story of young girls fighting off alien invasion in 1980s Cleveland, Ohio? Well... That's what this book is, and I've honestly told you too much as it is, but check it out. Paper Girls is a really awesome book, and you can buy it on Amazon through a link on this week's episode page, along with all the other stuff we talked about on this week's episode. Oh, and don't forget, on those videos we talked about on YouTube, we have video versions of all the last superhero spotlights, along with our card-by-card analysis of every card in the Marvel Trading Card series from 1990. It is some fun stuff. Lots that you should be checking out. All right, now back to the rest of the show. Avengers Assemble! And welcome back to the second segment of this week's episode of Cape Crisis. Oh, my God. I read something. What? I did. You've got something that you've been reading for the What You've Been Reading segment? Guys, if you're patrons, or if you're not, you could have watched our Monday night movie with us, which was Star Wars Force Awakens. Mm. And Good C- times. And C-3PO at one point in the movie, like, ah, you probably didn't recognize me, Mr. So- Mr. Solo, because my arm is red. And that <laughs> hyper-delayed C-3PO comic came out this week. Yeah, I ah. wonder if they're like, they could have published it three months ago, and they said, just wait for the Blu-ray. Like, you already missed the film's it's, release date. The, 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 the time for... I, I just assumed we would still watching the movie again like what the fuck Poe Dameron like how yeah. did he just disappear yeah. for the, the whole movie like that yeah. and, to and be like, answered in the Poe Dameron comics and to be answered in the, it, it'll be answered in the comics it's still like I never thought comics had that kind of legitimacy like where giant yeah. holes in Star Wars plot logic they'll expect people to find in the well, comics there's the Marvel Star Wars books have sold very 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 they're well. really good and, and they're the, really but good I was only shocked by that not so much Poe Dameron, but like C-3PO says to the audience, you should question why my arm is red. <laughs> it the, is a red it, arm, and you should want to know what that is. It will be addressed elsewhere, and I, <laughs> I immediately open up C-3PO. The Phantom Limb is what it's called. Yes. <laughs> uh, and 
And a douche. I, I'm looking at it I'm like, oh my god, I am not reading a comic starring C-3PO. That is not <laughs> happening. It moves um, really <laughs> slow from the start. I wonder if... To, so the team doing it is one of my favorite mm-hmm. teams ever. Uh, Tony Harris and James Robinson. They did Starman back in the day to great effect. It, it is It is excellent. Yeah. It is excellent and how he gets his arm is amazing. Like, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty unbelievable. It involves like a... A mission to try and find a kidnapped Admiral Akbar, and uh, <laughs> uh, they crash land on a planet with a bunch of other protocol droids that C-3PO has to kind of boss around, including one that is a captive and is the C-3PO to the First Order. And it's wow. so funny, and, too, that he's... I, I've only read the first few pages of it, but yeah, where he's... They're also having to have these pages where, like, he's the only one who actually says words that can be read. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is like, well, I think I should be in charge. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> well, yes, I know you're on the Battle of Jakku, but... Beep, 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 beep. It, it, there's a part of it, like, this is going to be excruciating. And it's and it's not, because it is whittled down to a conversation of, like, the First Order, C-3PO, and C-3PO, and where they talk about the life and indignities of being a protocol droid and like oh, having that's... memories and also not having memories and without freedom of choice and the wow. sentience of being these robots wow uh, and like that's heavy doc it, it is it, it, it's not it's just it's just great it is great and like mm. the rationale behind how he gets his arm is even better and I can't it's one of those things like I, I have not enjoyed a first issue so much but the story is so self-contained and I think that's why it's 4.99 uh-huh. uh, it's 30 pages or so I don't I don't know if I'd follow this into another issue. Yeah, I think they realize people aren't that into it, but uh, I, I still, I really liked it too. I mean, I, following I a C three PO book is like literally like having a Jar Jar book. I don't, I <laughs> do not think you could, you could. There's, it's yeah. hard to like. I would have never thought you could make Jar Jar. But if I have a rating like this issue, must read. It is great. Ah. It is great. I'm afraid of spoiling where his arm comes from because it is it's, that is the key to it I mean I mean yeah. it's just but it's just awesome it's like it, it I don't know it's it's very well done James Robinson kudos like I, I did not expect to like or be satisfied with this revelation and all. art's really good too mm-hmm. really good art yeah, I, yeah. again I, I am very impressed that Marvel spends the money to get the A-level dudes and, and ladies on those books. It's it's really impressive. Coup to the doze. Uh, I, the only other book I've read uh, today was Goldie Vance number 1. Now, this is... Uh, it's from the same imprint uh, as Lumberjanes, Boombox. So it is a young adults, young women's book. But I had to follow it because of the, the team on it. Hope Larson is a really good writer, but... Really, I came to it for Brittany Williams as the artist. She is the artist on AKA Hellcat, which is one of my favorite Marvel books right now. And so I followed her to her other book, which uh, again, Goldie Vance. It is basically, it is Nancy Drew uh, for today, but actually takes place in the 60s. And it stars Goldie Vance, who is this young spunky girl who is the hotel detective for the hotel her dad manages and i just love seeing like a hotel detective a junior hotel detective that is that is very interesting to me it was a hotel detective yeah uh, tmbg song uh, yes. let's hear it right <laughs> now uh, I... hotel detective I'm a little forgot to mention the news somebody shared with me that that planet of the apes is crossing over having another crossover event in comics oh i hadn't heard this but much less exciting oh with tarzan 
What? Uh, with, with Tarzan. Yeah. But there is no, like, er Tarzan or whatever. There's no, like, marquee Tarzan. It's just, like, there's a million yeah. Tarzans. just thought that was kind of what can't, Charlton Heston can't was. Can't anyone make yeah. a Tarzan comic? Isn't he, like, yeah. uh, public domain? Yeah. yeah, we'll have a laser time that kind of talks about that very thing. Uh. Back in the days so when these characters launched, they were on even keel <laughs> with the Phantom, Tarzan, and Conan, who are uh, now public domain characters. Uh, I, I, I look forward to a laser time about yeah. public domain superstars. <laughs> it's not about that. Keep listening. Okay. <laughs> Uh, well, and uh, that's all I had read this week. I will, when I have the time, I will give Gwenpool a read. I really want to read the Gwenpool special that came out. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the newest issue of Amazing Spider-Man. But now I turn to Dave yeah. for Dave's homework. Dave? Uh, I finally finished uh, Schism. Mm-hmm. X-Men Schism. Schism. Uh, Wolverine versus Cyclops. Yeah. Um, first of all, the, every time I just read the name, I think of J, like something Jay Sherman would say, like shism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, it like you sold it to me on the fact that it's like this big showdown between Wolverine and Cyclops. And yeah. That, I I don't know. I thought it was going to be a bigger thing. I thought it would be more of the story. It really like it doesn't happen to like halfway through. They kind of have to put things aside, and then they start different uh, school. Well, Wolverine goes back to the academy. He wants to start a real school, while meanwhile Cyclops is like, "No, we train terrorists. Like that's what we do." But then it ends weirdly because it's just like, well, they have their separate things. Well, because you're supposed to buy three more comics after that, Uh, and then see where it spins out. Yeah, I guess it's just weird to like read a collection that just doesn't. But I mean, it's a complete story. It just it then has an epilogue that goes off to more. X-Men books yeah. but I thought their fight was cool when they finally do like they're fighting as a Sentinel's about to yeah. crush them and seeing Wolverine like cut his claws through mm-hmm. Cyclops's beam yeah. I like that though there were a few times where I was like well wait for this to be like a tit for tat mm-hmm. kind of fight doesn't work because Wolverine doesn't like he heals uh, anything but that, if he stabs yeah. Cyclops once like that's a hole in him that is yeah. not going to heal quickly it was pretty rad like seeing like uh, uh, Wolverine's skin like burnt off Mm, like yeah. I, at first, second, I'm like, wait, is he dying? Oh wait, no, he'll just regenerate it. But uh, that's, yeah. that's lesson number one with Wolverine. Yeah. Did. But I, I've, never, I've just never read a comic where he gets like burned down to the bone. Uh, I see. So this was a learning experience. Yeah. Um, I, uh, what did you think of the child Hellfire Club? Yeah, that was weird. Cause yeah. So there's the, the 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 child Hellfire Club, and there's also that pink haired guy who's always like stirring up shit. Quentin. Quentin. Yeah. Quentin Choir. Yes. And, and like, was he forming that? So was it the little kids that were like in uh, like like they were the gunmen in the Hellfire Club or is that yeah, different Hellfire yeah. Club? No, that was the Hellfire one. Okay, because I, I just had the feeling like they were, like at some point they're like the Hellfire Club is dead. Uh, now we begin the Hellfire Club. And it's like mm. so wait, are they different than the gun the gunmen? I mean, before? those are their oh. no, that's their henchmen who work for oh, them. Okay. The Hellfire Club are the ri- in the old days were the richest mutants who owned uh, like a secret society on yeah. the side. Now it's rich kids who have no mutant powers, yeah. but like you know, the son of a of a warlord, the daughter of a, some rich guy, another rich guy, and uh, then not to spoil it, Dave, but mm-hmm. one of them is the son of Frankenstein, ah. Doctor <laughs> Frankenstein, not the monster. And for a while, it, like I was kind of overwhelmed by how many of like I guess first class like characters where it's just like I don't know these people. Why do I care that they take up two pages? But it, it kind of got to a point like at near the end where they're literally just like one panel explaining yeah. which uh, which side they're taking. I like that just because yeah. it was like it kind of reminded me of. 
I think, was it in Infinity Gauntlet where it's like literally a page full of pictures of characters and yeah. like, who are these people? Who's I, dead, I, who's yeah. not? Yeah, like, I would like to read more of this character just on one panel. Like, Well, with X-Men, there are yeah. too many characters. Yeah, like, I, I love this one. What is it? Uh, Martha Johansson. A brain with syringes in it. What? Yep. I mean, it's a mutant brain that got put in a jar yeah. and then joined the school. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Dave, it's funny. Uh, all right, so Dave, what would you score it? Um, I'm going to say C+. Okay. Yeah, this, right. I mean, the story was a little underwhelming, but I don't know. I like parts of it. Well, this dovetails well into the only Ask Hank question we yeah. had this week, which was, I'm sure this has been asked before, but what good X-Men books would you recommend? And so, out of schism, it then leads directly into, by the same writer, mm-hmm. Jason Aaron, Wolverine and the X-Men. Damn it, that was mine. That is <laughs> such a good book. It, I mean, it is a comedy book about the X-Men that's also high adventure, but like, funny as hell. Yeah. I love it so much. And Wolverine it's, is a butt of a joke. It retains a serious tone, like, oh, but, yeah. but less serious than you're used to the X-Men, because, haha, Cyclops isn't there to be a big fat downer. Yeah, meanwhile, with Wolverine, he's surrounded by kids who are having hijinks. Kids and vamps. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, Iceman, before he knew he was gay, making out with Shadowcat slash uh, Kitty Pride. <laughs> He was still in the closet then, thought he could, thought she could fix him. Not the case. But uh, also, I'd say anything from the Claremont Byrne era of the 80s, such as Days of Future Past, really good. I would also say Grant Morrison's full run on new X-Men is worth checking out, as is Joss Whedon's Astonishing X-Men run. Those are all great, great starting points for X-Men. That, honestly, the first issue explains enough stuff that there's not really baggage you're coming into. If you've seen the movies, they'll make enough sense. Which, by the way, we're going to have to watch the fucking Apocalypse movie like in a month from now. Wow. That's nuts, dude. I don't. <laughs> I just feel so overwhelmed. <laughs> there's, uh, there's way too many. Uh, too many movies. Well, at least after May, like, what? after that, I don't think there's any superhero stuff still strange. Oh, no, wait, no. In August, there's Suicide Squad. But other than that, uh, all right, the question of the week last week was, is there a, is Superman too boring? And, uh... Most everybody said, no, he is not. But uh, my favorites were Def by Snoo Snoo. Mm-hmm. That is Def, D-E-F-F. Uh, he got fucked to, to, hard <laughs> enough to lose his hearing? <laughs> uh, Superman is boring when you take Clark Kent out of the equation. Clark is the farm boy raised well by his parents who just happens to have superpowers. Clark is interesting because he's one uh, because he wasn't born rich. He did not grow from a tragic background and he did not even know about his Kryptonian heritage into his teens. So yeah, they're talking about how Clark is what grounds Superman. Don't think of Superman as some distant god. Clark Kent is important to that, guys. Zack Snyder. Uh, as as Death by Snoo Snoo said, Zack Snyder tried to tell Superman's story and cut Clark completely out of the equation because he knew that a human Superman would undercut the religious metaphor, and as a result, we got a lame Superman. John Winslow says, I don't think Superman is boring. He's just hard to write. There's a reason why none of the modern takes on him uh, have stuck, with the exception of Grant Morrison's action comics run. Uh, Nathan Explosion says, yes, he is boring. Superman is a garbage character for garbage people. (laughs) People who like him are just viewing him through the nostalgia goggles and need to grow the fuck up. Someone needs to shove a nuke up his ass like I saw on that one gaming website. (laughs) Batman rules! Uh, Then we have a new post from one of my favorite new names, Dyslexia Sex Daily. Uh, It says, uh, 
Superman is a, isn't boring. We as a society just don't deserve him anymore. Ooh, Bip. Ooh. Yeah, we're not cool enough for Superman. Uh, Nuke Ninja had a good one. After reading so many awful reviews of BBS and Devin Farachi's Superman article, which I definitely say give that a read, guys, I spent some time rediscovering Superman. I listened to the John Williams theme. I even bought my first superhero comic in over a decade, All-Star Superman. I was hit with a wave of nostalgia. So Nathan Explosion was right. Uh, I recalled running around the living room in Superman underoos or <laughs> tying a uh, tying a towel around my neck and running around. Yeah, dude. To a child, Superman is everything you should want from a hero. He's just good, unwavering good. To see his goodness sacrificed on the altar, altar of adult fandom seems wrong. Selfish, even. To see a Superman movie you have to question bringing a child to seems misguided. To make a Superman movie that fails to inspire every child to do the same as they did is downright criminal. And lastly, Schindler's top ten list <laughs> uh, said, I I say make Superman a killer. Also change his outfit, cover his face, make him funny. In fact, give him a new name too and a new origin. Yeah, just make him Deadpool. <laughs> yeah, Superman, Superman American Alien by Max Landis. Another it's thing, ongoing right now. It's good. It's really it's, good. Yeah, that is another fallacy of the Batman versus Superman is good people that says like, uh, Superman just doesn't have any good modern books. He only works in the old days. Like, you're wrong. No, I can name I can name seven comic books off the top of my head from the last decade where Superman's awesome and works in modern day. Yeah, yeah. Like, though I also heard this was on a um, a podcast where I heard some Hollywood scuttlebutt about how uh, how shitty Zack Snyder is. About people are just like this movie's not good. This movie's not good. And they said I hear that on the set. He's not paying attention that he's like literally throwing a football in the air as the as he's directing. Like that makes me hate him all the more. I'm like, get this guy the fuck away from this stuff. Uh, anyway, all I wanted of this. <laughs> exactly. All right. So this week's question of the week, we talked about actually liking a C-3PO comic, and even like, could you even like a Jar Jar comic or all these comics that are just like. You'd never sell me on this character. What is a character you think you could never get a cool take on and you'd like to be proven wrong about? Because I definitely would have never said three, three, C3PO. I would never say that again, like, after the last couple of years. Like, You've been proven wrong. Hawkeye enough, being yeah. the, the biggest notable, like, example of, like, yeah. that... There never should have been a good Hawkeye. <laughs> That's true. And, and Matt Fraction made the best Marvel comic almost there ever. There is. And, like, yeah. Jeremy Renner, like, while he Jeremy Renner was cast in that boring part, in that yes. boring role, <laughs> especially in that first Avengers movie, all of a sudden Hawkeye became awesome again. And, like, hey, Jeremy, you might have an extended, extended... Matt Fraction might have extended your job into, like, this weird little Brooklyn comedy movie. Yeah, it feels like an alt-comic book that got published by Marvel. They can make that... If they want to make a Marvel film for under $100 million, do that... I think I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing. Um, this has to have been done before, right? But the one I can't think of anything. A look at the sad life of Foggy Nelson. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't think there has been many solo Foggy adventures because he gets to retain his dignity only because like he's embedded in his work and protecting his friend. But like, what happens outside? Of, like the show at least digs into like, well, he might have a romantic interest. Yeah, it's implied that like, oh, Karen's the kind of girl you would. Love to go for it and can't because yeah. your buddy did it first. I do remember in the first season there was a scene where you know he's uh, 
It's after the deed has been done with his uh, uh, fuck buddy. And she implies, like, you're really good at sex. Which I was like, I don't think I've ever read in a comic anyone imply that Foggy's good yeah, and that, bad. that Foggy's a cocksmith? Yeah. I, <laughs> what a revelation. That. No, so I like that they gave him that. So, yeah, maybe a Foggy solo yeah. book. Actually, his real name is Fucky. Duh. That was a college nickname. <laughs> Dave, do you have one off the top of your head? Roman Reigns. <laughs> Roman Reigns. There should be a there WWE, still comic. WWE comic. There was a WWE. Ah, I think they stopped doing. They that. stopped doing it, and they replaced CM Punk yeah. in all the reprints. But, uh, <laughs> wow! Yeah, which yeah, Underground has a comic. I know. Oh yeah, where they actually they, killed off a character in between. They killed seasons. off multiple characters. Wow. Yeah. In it. yeah, yeah. Like you don't sign for the second season. We're uh, killing you in the comic book. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So then you can go into it knowing, like, Mil Muertes actually murdered his <laughs> old challenger, Big Rick. Yeah. Like, literally carved the <laughs> flesh off of his skull and made it into a skull on his skull chair. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I would have said Aquaman, but, I, like, Jeff Johns, Johns proved Aquaman. Yeah. He can, it can work with that, too. Uh, I guess one of the lamest, and they actually have tried to make him cool, and it still didn't work. I would say Captain Boomerang, uh, the Flash villain. He was one of the few that they, like, they made Captain Cold cool. And by they, I mean Jeff Johns. But Captain Boomerang, not so much. So maybe somebody else needs to take a crack at him. Oh, man. So Well, also, anyway, so that is that, this week's question of the week. There'll be a link to it on this week's episode page, which you'll find on lasertimepodcast.com, or you'll find it in the dis- comics discussions in the forums, lasertimepodcast.com slash forums. I did want to mention... But uh, a back end, what you've been reading? I've been watching more of Young Justice. Mm-hmm. Young Justice season two is so fucking good. Really? Like season one's great, season two is amazing. They make a five year Shippuden jump. Everybody's mm-hmm. aged up. Whole crazy new status quo, and they are basically fighting Bill O'Reilly and an Asian <laughs> alien invasion. Uh, it is so good. Tim Curry plays the Bill O'Reilly part. Oh, he is playing awesome. classic. Uh, Jack Kirby creation G. Gordon Godfrey who was created as a guy in the 60s who was just like a town crier who drove people crazy into madness it translates perfectly to being a well, I would even say um, Bill O'Reilly. He's the uh, Glenn Beck. He's the Glenn Beck, really. He even has, like, the G logo on his dumbass show, just like Glenn <laughs> Beck did. Uh, Young Justice. It's on Netflix. Give it a watch. You will enjoy it. It is really good. Uh, all right. But anyway, plug time, guys. Yeah, dude. If you like your comic books uh, nice and video-y, I want to recommend YouTube.com slash Network. Obviously, you can see almost everything we do on uh, LaterTimePodcast.com. But our YouTube channel is awash with comic bookery including a bunch of Batman and Superman streams, <laughs> a Battle Royale and wrestling, yeah. uh, Henry Superhero Spotlights, and I, I, I haven't mentioned it on the show yet, but the, the Marvel trading card looks. All those great Marvel trading are, are, cards. Yeah. They are super important to me. I, I, every time we do one of those, I'm surprised by how much fun it is to go through those cards. I'm just now looking for everyone. Like, oh, there's the moon. There's the moon. Yeah. If you want to see it in glorious 1080p and like bite-sized chunks, uh, youtube.com slash laser time network. Yeah, there's so many great things on there. Also, great podcasts to listen to. Like, Talking Simpsons, our weekly trip through every single episode of The Simpsons. We are up to Bart the Murderer, the first episode with Fat Tony. <laughs> and so there's 302010, our weekly trip through time where we look at things that happened 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago that week. And that's all supported by patreon.com slash laser time where if you're not supporting us yet please do you're missing out on some great stuff mm-hmm. and i was chief podcast a pro wrestling podcast i am looking up that ww superstars comic still around Whoa. there is a trade coming out next month volume four and Rey mysterio still in it 
What? He's a murderer. Yeah. <laughs> booyaka, booyaka. What's he doing He's there? on a competing wrestling show now. That's yeah. so weird. That is some wacky, wacky stuff. Yeah, also, Vigigame Game Apocalypse, we're all on that this week. Thirty twenty ten, 2010, baby. Check it all out. So many great things. And also, you know, if you want to know what I immediately think of a new trailer and see cool gifts from him, you should be checking lasertimepodcast.com all the time. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well, and you can stay up to date with all those things. All right. Thanks for listening, and until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior.